0: would funnel into roads and highways that were now too narrow to accommodate an ever-expanding population's travel needs. There should be plenty of time for the practice run and the drive back down to the city. The car merged onto Interstate 684 before getting off at the exit for Bedford. Passing stone farmhouses and blooming gardens, the vehicle traveled deeper into the countryside. Acres of rolling pastures provided a place for well-groomed horses to graze, exercise, and rest. Success had many rewards. Having a place up here was definitely one of them. The real estate in this area provided privacy, insulation, and a sense of well-being. Constance must feel quite protected here when she came up on the weekends. Forced to take a turn at the end of the road, the car crossed over a short bridge and climbed a hill. At the top, an easily opened wooden gate and a graveled driveway led to a multi-level house hidden by trees. As the engine was turned off, the dog pawed excitedly at the window. The driver leaned over and opened the car door. The animal sprang out and headed to a nearby bush to relieve himself. "'Good boy, Marco.' good boy. The Great Dane wagged his tail, watching as his new owner went to the rear of the car and took out a coil of orange electrical cord and a box from the trunk. Come on, boy. The dog did as he was told, following the path that ran around the side of the house and down to the pool. He watched as his new owner entered one of the cabanas that flanked the pool but lost interest as the plug at one end of the orange cord was inserted into the wall socket. While the coil was unwound, Marco chased a gray squirrel that scampered into the trees. Marco! Marco, come back! Come back here right now! The dog came trotting out of the woods. He was panting and muddy. Oh, Marco, look at you. What have you done? The dog sensed the displeasure in his new owner's voice. Over here, Marco. Go ahead. Get into that pool and wash off. The dog stared at the finger pointing to the pool. Go ahead. Go into the water, boy. The rubber ball was tossed toward the shallow end of the pool. Marco went in after it, his head held proudly out of the water as his legs paddled beneath the surface his paws scraping the bottom. He reached the ball and wrapped his jaws around it, turning to bring it back to his owner. But then Marco saw his owner throw something else toward the pool, something big and shiny, and attached to the orange cord. As the toaster hit the water, the electricity ran through the dog. His lungs struggled to breathe. His heart stopped pumping, and his head slipped below the surface. The new owner watched closely. Yeah, that was going to be enough current. Friday, May 18th. The morning rush was on. Breakfast eaten, teeth brushed, hair clipped, shoes tied, sweater buttoned. As she hustled Janie out to the garage, Eliza picked up her daughter's backpack. Anything in here I should see? Eliza asked. Janie's blank expression prompted Eliza to unzip the nylon bag. She pulled out a yellow sheet of paper. Oh, yeah. You need to fill that out, Mommy, said Janie. It's for the picnic. Eliza scanned the notice. The first-grade family picnic was coming up in a few weeks to celebrate the end of the school year. This sounds like fun, sweetheart, said Eliza, as she grabbed a pen from the kitchen counter. Should we ask K.K. and Poppy if they want to come? Janie shook her head, a solemn expression on her face. No, Mommy. Mrs. Ansley says no grandparents or friends. It's only for parents and children. Thanks, Mrs. Ansley, thought Eliza. Thanks a lot. I'm sure if I asked Mrs. Ansley, she'd let us bring K.K. and Poppy and even Mrs. Garcia, said Eliza. Janie shook her head. Uh-uh. Mrs. Ansley says there's not enough room and she can't make any exceptions." Exceptions, Eliza corrected. Exceptions, repeated Janie.